0: Welcome to And Almost Starring, the show where each week we take a film and break down the casting, including who almost starred. I'm Jeff Ronan.
1: I'm Amy Jo Jackson.
0: And don't you forget about me, we're looking at The Breakfast Club.
1: For better or for worse, out there is a universe where it may seem bizarre, but they were almost starring.
0: Amy Jo, how are you doing today?
1: Jeff, the weather. It was so nice <laughs> out today. It was True. a humidity of like only 30%, and it's mm-hmm. been so humid lately. I could walk down the street happily without perspiring,
0: without a care. Well,
1: Without a care, there's a lot going on. But I will say that alleviated a lot of that. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, sure. when when it's sunshiny out, it does help the world seem more possible. How are you? Absolutely, I'm doing good, listener. I hope I hope it's nice weather today as you're listening to
0: this. Yeah. That would stink if when this episode dropped it was a real gross day. Just disgusted. And you're like, oh, you stupid hosts. Living Listen, in the past. Living in the past. <laughs> what did you live in the now man uh listener if you're not doing so already please like subscribe write a review if you what feel so heck? inclined why not a
1: friend shout it out from the roof
0: stop roof, roof the stop. roof stops the roof stop stop going on the roof that's dangerous you gotta stop going on the roof although if you're gonna go on the roof you might as well uh you know write a note
1: subscribe to and almost starring Ooh, you know what that's
0: even better just shout it from the rooftop yeah. i was thinking like tie a note to like a, I don't know, not a, a ballo- brick. Balloons A good. Brick! <laughs> I'm saying not a brick, Amy. <laughs> don't give them that idea. Uh. Or a carrier pigeon. I don't know. Shoot it out. Send it out. Send it out. Maybe like flyers. And people are like, oh, flyers, free something? You're like, no, this is just for some podcast. Yes, free. The podcast is free. Hey, You're you know welcome. what? Excellent point. It sure is. <laughs> Anyway, The Breakfast Club came out on February fifteenth, nineteen eighty-five. Perf- oh, the day after Valentine's Day. Yes, just
1: for all of us who are slightly cynical about love. Yeah, the day after.
0: For the day after. Yeah. This is for the dis- The dis- This is perfect movie to have a big bag of discount Valentine's yes. chocolates to bring with you oh, to the yeah. movie theater. Oh yeah,
1: shovel them in your face while you watch. Just shovel it in your face while you watch.
0: Uh, and was written. And directed, of course, by John Hughes.
1: Amy Jo, what's your experience with that Breakfast Club? Had you seen it before? I had seen it once before only. See, I'm of the age where I was a literal baby when these John Hughes films were (laughs) Mm -hmm. coming out. So, like i i I missed him babysitter's club that was more that was 100% read all of those books Mm -hmm. but um so i saw it in college i will say my main experience with this movie is when i had red hair in college everyone calling me molly ringwald even though we don't actually look alike at all it was just like oh you have red hair here's a very creative name to give as soon as you
0: dyed the hair red everyone forgot Anna Klumsky and went immediately to Molly Ringwald.
1: Yes, well cuz I chopped it off and dyed it red. Mm. So yeah, I stopped getting my girl <laughs> and started getting Molly Ringwald. Um and then when I dyed it back to blonde, surprisingly no one ever said Molly Ringwald ever again. I would still occasionally with the red hair get Anna Chlumsky because our faces are very similar. Mm. But my face doesn't look like Molly Ringwald's face. Well, there you go. It's a nice face, but it's not mine. It's a very nice
0: face. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I have seen this a few times. I want to say two or three. I saw it for the first time probably in like the a preteen-ish. So probably like 7, 12, 13 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or thereabouts. Um, but I haven't seen it since, after, I don't know, I feel like college at max is the last time that I saw
1: this. So it's been a while. Yeah, I saw it either in college or shortly thereafter. So it's been upwards of 15 years since I've seen this movie. Yeah, but I
0: think this is, its I think it's only this and uh, Ferris Bueller in terms of the John Hughes directed movies that I've seen, I believe. I don't think I've seen, I never I've saw seen Pretty in Pink. Never saw Pretty in Pink. I've uh, seen 16 Candles.
1: I've seen Say Anything. That's John Hughes, right? Oh, I
0: have seen yeah. Say Anything. But again, is only that, wait, only the uh, ones. Is
1: that John Hughes? If not, it's or of the Or is it Rob vibe. Reiner?
0: Or Rob Reiner did, I don't know. I, I get, I'm muddy the You know what? I, th- I think that is John Hughes. I think you're
1: right. I couldn't tell you. But if, Sorry, if not, listener, it has if you're the John Hughes me vibe. Me. Yeah, you're like, how, how do you that fool's John not? John Hughes no. vibe. Because <laughs> you know what? We, we're not, we are not Gen Xers who felt the need to watch every John Hughes film ad nauseum. No, no. But I did enjoy this one. I did. It was because, you know.
0: I was younger than them than the high schooler. So it just Mm -hmm. felt like, Oh, this is like insight into like what's to come. And in some ways it is. And in some ways it hilariously is not correct. Yeah.
1: I I'll say right off the jump. I feel like it's important to say Mm -hmm. that parts of this are like very like searing insights into like the pain of being a young person. And some of it is so homophobic casually misogynistic sexist and racist in a way that does not the movie is not aware that its it is it's, it'd be one thing and we'll talk about when we get to some of the stuff but like it'd be one thing yes it is of a different time but you know ferris bueller doesn't have a lot of these as many problems with regards to the, what breakfast club does it'd be one thing if it's like oh well that's just bender's point of view mm. But the way that certain things are shot make it clear that the movie is on Bender's side, which is fine. Like it would be fine if it were on Bender's side, but the movie doesn't realize it is making Molly Ringwald the villain at certain points in time when it is not interesting, not necessary or appropriate to do that. And it just, it, to me watching it at times, I was like, this is a movie and I don't want to say John Hughes explicitly because I did not know the man, you know, I haven't watched enough of his stuff to be able to say, but like, it there's a lot that's unexamined that it it examines some things in a really like beautiful way. It's like like that scene of the four of them after they've been smoking and they're all sitting up there like the, the, and and like Emilio Estevez has his monologue. Like there's some stuff in that scene that's so great.
0: Well, I'll say this: John Hughes wrote the script for this movie in two days, <gasps> and a lot of the film is improvised. Sp- most notably that scene you're just talking about where they all talk about why they're in detention well
1: that's beautiful yeah well that's interesting because something that's written in two days or something that's improvised by people who are quite young of course it's going to be unexamined because it is being right. made up quickly
0: and i wonder how much is improvised and how much is improvised within
1: but I regardless mean, you know, is
0: improvising this or how much is Jen nelson as bender improvising
1: but yes. but
0: and then Judge Nelson course improvising. Nelson improvising. That's
1: what I'm saying. Yeah. The movie's yeah. point of view, sure, by sure. how it shoots up Molly Ringwald's skirt, we don't see. Oh, yeah. That's... We see from his perspective, yeah. Yeah. it is a joke. It is funny, as opposed to like. It's sexual assault. I mean, it's. Exactly. It's, yeah, it's that this... sort of thing where it's just like, I feel it's important to mention that there are some moments that like still hit so hard yeah. and are so fun, and some stuff that it's like made me so. Sure. angry.
0: I have liked, I've been seeing the phrase problematic fave going around to yeah, describe this be... things. And it's like, I think that's a good way to like, yes, of course it's a different era, but in terms of like, it's okay to like a movie, but it's, I th- it's important to acknowledge like this, yeah. there's
1: problems. Yeah, I think this. it's important to talk about it. Like, especially yeah. if we're going to sit down and devote however long this episode is to talking about the film in, in a way that is like fun and, you know, enjoying yeah. it for what works about it. I think it's also important to mention the stuff that it's like oof and here here's what oh, yeah. it's like the yeah. way that this is shot is telling me that that she's the butt of the joke or that this is the, or that we're making light of of assault <laughs> as they do many times over the course of, and not yeah. just not just sexual assault just plain old assault you know what you get detention on a saturday and still being expelled from school <laughs> amelia west of us um so anyway that said let's get into it let's get it. into
0: it spoilers ahead if you haven't seen the breakfast club or you haven't seen it in a while here's a brief ish synopsis On Saturday, March 24th, 1984, five students at Shermer High School report at 7 a.m. for an all day detention. (sighs) We also, but we start with this song, this Don't You Forget About Me, written for the movie. It was with, written for the movie for the movie wow. with the quote by David Bowie. So weird. That then explodes
1: into glass shards. Like David Bowie. That guy is wild. too normcore for y- is? us. He, do you no, think that's what it was? No, I don't think so. It's a quote <laughs> about disaffected youth. Like, of course it's not, but it just feels like, <laughs> yeah, this guy, what does he know? Dresses like an alien. This guy doesn't get us. The <laughs> pew.
0: <laughs> Honestly, because that's like the famous poster for the movie. It's like they were five, you know, students with nothing in common, a brain, a chock, a, a princess, a, recluse, a, princess, had a, criminal. a criminal and an alien. You have like, I don't know, E.T. E.T. is just like there in the <laughs> breakfast club and he gets detention for some reason. Maybe he's still in the Halloween costume. You know so. what?
1: He he phoned home without a hall pass.
0: He phoned home without a hall He didn't have permission to nope. phone home.
1: No. He, he was phoning home in
0: the middle of class time.
1: On one of them pay phones that, yes, were in public school, even when I was in school. He had to really elongate that neck
0: to reach the phone to. Uh, it, sure. You know what? Principal Vernon is, uh, he's not the best for well, details and paying attention to what's going on I hope there's time to school. spend
1: conservatively three hours talking about this guy, because there's- Oh, Yeah. Th- not just even like what's wrong with this guy? Why is the principal coming in on one of his precious days off to essentially babysit these well, people? Based off the
0: scene with him and Bender, where he's like, you know, thank you, sir. May I have another? I'm yeah. just seven. Like you, you're gonna we're gonna be here together for the next like seven Saturdays. Yeah. So I'm like, you are. Always, no, he runs detention. detention. This
1: guy who is the oh, with top an iron administrator, fist he runs <laughs> detention. the guy who's a top administrator at the school, shows up in a suit <laughs> at seven o'clock in the morning Man's on his one day off. I don't think so. Here's the
0: thing: I think deleted scene similar to how Bender, you can kind of infer because of his horrible home life, that he purposefully wants detention because it, sure. it keeps him away from his parents, keeps him away from there. M- right, it's easier here. What they they don't say is that Principal Vernon, still living with his parents, (laughs) also abusive. They're so mean to that Principal Vernon, calling him so stupid. Why are you going in? Why are you in charge of detention at 7 a.m.? And it's like,
1: because no one else will go, Mom. That is actually funny to picture of him being harangued <laughs> by by his yeah. mammy.
0: He's gotta wear the suit, because everything else are all clothes this that his mother with made for him.
1: Greying hair. He's yeah. like, oh, sure. Shut up, mommy. Shut up, mom. I'm a successful professional.
0: Don't you talk to your mother like that. Shut up. You're not my real dad,
1: Simon. Simon. Mr. Beal.
0: <laughs> so, I'm sorry, is Simon Russell Beal his oh, I uh, guess stepfather? guess so.
1: You know what? I was wondering where that name came from, and that must acclaimed be it. Stage act, British stage
0: act Look,
1: thespian, Simon Russell Beal. The names Beale? that are always on the tip of my tongue, <laughs> acclaimed Simon British Beale. thespians. I'm always
0: thinking about that, Simon Russell Beal. Anyway, we're, I mean, you know the movie, and if you don't, they got detention. There's five, they've all come from a different clique, these five students. You've got Brian, the brain, Andrew, the jock on the wrestling team, Allison, who's the weirdo outcast, Claire, the snobby popular girl, and Bender, the rebellious teen delinquent. And they've got nothing in common, but maybe they do over the <laughs> course of one day.
1: Rewatching this movie, I was like, well, no wonder young girls like are socialized in a way to like want to date bad boys. Because you of have course. models like this, where it's like, you get, Judd Nelson was hot when he was younger. The hair. The hair. The
0: smolder.
1: The small. I mean, the, the number of times, the eyes, the whole vibe, the mm-hmm. cool boots, the number of times he, w- the fact that he definitely reeks of cigarette smoke, I kept trying to be like, all oh, right, this guy like probably just yeah. reeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he'll do this thing, Judd Nelson, like a million times throughout the movie, where instead of just like turning his head and looking at someone, he like whips his head around, <laughs> like usually just in time for a take to land on him. And it's like, as though he's looking at someone like why did you say that you've wounded me to the soul you know but just like this like intense glare but always with like a like he so moves the head so makes the hair
0: flip and usually he knows over what one
1: he's eye. doing he's, he's giving us veronica lake
0: See, i'm thinking like he's giving you like tarzan he's giving you like primitive ape man i'm looking at you
1: but tarzan was also giving veronica lake Let's be real. She's the original. (laughs) I only need one eye to act.
0: Tarzan is serving
1: Veronica Lake, honey, darling. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I was like, oh yeah, this in the safety of a film where you know he means well and he's just like comes from a bad home, Mm -hmm. like blah blah blah. It like romanticizes this kind of character so that then when you meet like people who are actually like have mal intent it's like it's hard to unlearn it's just like bender my movie boyfriend my movie boyfriend
0: <laughs> now it's very true it's very very true i mean even anthony michael hall as brian he clearly he saw the writing on the wall that's why he got all buff we were talking about him as the villain in edward scissorhands because exactly. you know that he was like girls want bender they don't want brian i gotta look like bender Everyone's going to want to be with the villain of Edward Scissorhands. Everything's
1: coming up. Anthony Michael Hall. By the early 90s. No, sorry,
0: guy. The girl's like weird, pale, tiny Johnny Depp.
1: You done goofed, my guy. He couldn't predict the rise of Kurt Cobain true you know he didn't
0: know who none of us did none of us knew. none of us knew anyway where were we oh yeah a synopsis the
1: basic plot is
0: they're told you're there you're not allowed to move from your seat don't talk eight
1: hours this is the some 80s nonsense
0: (laughs) and they have to write a thousand word essay where they describe who they think they are and uh
1: writing one of these a week
0: no, I feel like it's a different writing prompt each uh, Saturday. Oh, great. I think some, yeah, this one is who you think you are. Sometimes it's, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? Sometimes it's like, what's what's your ideal date?
1: <laughs> something about the way, uh, if you were an otter, if you were what an kind otter, of river would you most want to swim in? Describe your ideal day as an otter.
0: Yes, we mean an actual otter.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. Like swimming in a river.
0: Well, right, opposed to I mean a smaller, hairy gay yes, gentleman.
1: Exactly. Sure. Yes. But if you were an if you but were an if otter, you were an it, otter. What
0: kind of otter would you be? Both senses well, of the word. That's for next Saturday. We we got you for a lot of Saturdays, Bender. We're we're losing steam. Yeah, I don't know why this principal is here for all this, but it's. Uh, I think he's got some. Yeah, he's got some real bad home. Life.
1: Well, he's clearly a, monster, a sociopath. A so an
0: idiot, uh, a sociopath a dingus <laughs> uh a d- zoom zoom dweeby or whatever that online is
1: sporto was one of my favorites oh, sporto. sporto but then the when, when Molly like movie. if you were there with the uh, other sports i was like are did, we in 1959 <laughs> did people question did did the teenagers in 1985
0: talk like this? Hey, Spordo! Did John Hughes—is he—are you he, are he, he like inventing the lingo for the day? And then did people be like, "This like, is what we're going to call each this other." This is Sporto
1: what I think would have been cool. Like, if you're Jack Kerouac, you know, like <laughs> truly thirty years earlier.
0: Jack Kerouac's The Breakfast Club.
1: <laughs> well, I mean. I, I I feel like some of the language is very of that era. Over the right? next
0: eight hours, you're gonna go on a road trip with each <laughs> other. Uh anyway, they Ben they're all kind of not they have nothing in common. They don't want to talk, and Bender is just instigating. He's just poking at everyone to like get rises out of people, uh-huh. especially Claire. Um they all eventually get to know each other, where we meet Carl, the Jander is like the only other character. We get like no just a very small, uh, there's, just the
1: parents. Some of the parents have lines up very, top, but yeah. a little
0: bit up top. Uh, and finally the, we're, they get high off of Bender's supply. They yeah. have, they dance, which is iconic. Oh yeah. All them dancing it's is great. a delight from top to bottom, T to Bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the end they become friends. Yeah. we we learn why they're all there. Um, we learn that Bender, pull, we, we, we already knew that he pulled a fire alarm and that Claire dished class to go shopping with her friends Andrew duct taped a guy's buns together cause his dad would get up to that kind of shenanigans. And he was like, hasn't done that. So he's got to be like his old man. It's
1: honestly a really beautiful speech and that it's very like, like crushes. it. He crushes, crushes it. It's also just speech. like what ah. Uh, uh, here this is a moment where you're like okay yes this this person should have been expelled and not sent to saturday detention but like with regards to like the moral complexities of this kid who's just trying to please his dad like so we have so few examples of like someone who has like a toxic masculinity kind of situation where someone has any kind of perspective on it and, and understands like the root of it and has regret about it. Like there's so few examples of that. Usually it's just easier to paint somebody all with one brush. And we don't hear that about this character till very late in the movie, which I do think is smart, but it's like, it's really well calibrated and really well placed within the film.
0: Oh, agreed. I mean, it really is like such a highlight, this scene of them all going around. And then, I mean, That Brian brought a flare gun to school to shoot himself with. Yeah. But it went off because he got an F in shop class. And because he was building a ceramic elephant lamp, lamp and the lamp didn't light and you got to pull on the trunk and it the sounds lamp like turns hideous lamp. this sounds like this class has got to get snipped snipped by next semester what are we talking about here is that is it just one grade it's like a pass fail class the, it's all based off this ceramic elephant yeah because it's like
1: if he gets one f in theory, if you have multiple assignments, that will drag your GPA down. But not so much that you're a B-average student. If yeah. everything else, you're getting an A, you're in a physics club.
0: I don't know. I don't know. And Allison, just had nothing better to do. She's so cuckoo crazy. Whoa. Her with her pixie stick, Cap'n Crunch sandwiches. Oh, she's so silly. That's iconic. It really is. That's the thing. Here's the thing. I mean, Ally Sheedy in this movie. One Crushes of, it. I mean, this is why I saw this movie multiple times. I just had a huge crush on her. That's fair big time movie crush for me um but yeah they all get to know each other and they're all like you know what now we are all friends like brian wouldn't it be like such a cool friendly thing to do if you just wrote this paper for
1: all of us it's so i mean and he like <laughs> understands the manipulation but still just fully willingly is like yeah you would, know what i'm cool with would that. you mind if
0: the other four the rest of us all pair up to hook up and <laughs> while, become you boyfriends, girlfriends, girlfriends,
1: while you do our homework you nerd well, I go do a make-under on Ali Sheedy.
0: The make-under of the century. How dare you? And as I said, it's the bow. The, it's If they didn't have this, like, bow headband, it ugh. wouldn't be half as bad.
1: Like, but, I get ugh. it if it's like... Because there, there is a thing a lot with, like... I mean, it is also, it is also a point of, view of yuppie culture towards goth culture of being like, I can't even see with all that stuff around your eyes, you know? But it's like, yeah, sometimes people wear too much makeup and it makes them look not how they think that they're looking. But I feel like her makeup has a point of view to it. And then yes. when Molly Ringwald does it, bland.
0: the very least, she then should have must up Molly Ringwald some. Should have given yeah. her like what her her like hoodie to wear and like maybe given her like some kind of like dark eye shadow yeah. or something. Give give her like even to be like, see, we're all sharing. We're all getting but a little no, this bit of a yeah, yeah. Gross. Yep. gross 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 but
1: anyway say. by the end they're like we're we're gonna be friends
0: and uh you know they all or they're th- all th- making th- they're like out aware on
1: the hoods of their parents cars practically
0: that's very true literally like bender and
1: are leaning Claire. against the car basically. yeah which you don't
0: cut to the parent but you just see her get in the car and then the car pull away and I'm like this dad is just sitting there taking this in and there's nothing he can do about part it part
1: of the point but it is also like really that's the it also just feels so unperformative until you realize that they're in the their parents are in the car it's like okay well can i see a little more performative nature than you are teenagers
0: ah, i suppose but yeah well, although i guess i don't know if they're gonna all be friends because they don't know either they're like it could just be either. this one day this moment in time although considering that they all except brian blew off the paper i have a feeling they're all going to be back there united in, in one week reunited and it feels so good uh, so we've been already talking already, but initial
1: thoughts, Amy Joe, anything in
0: particular that jumped out at you yes. this watch through?
1: Molly Ringwald brings a full bento box full of sushi
0: for lunch. It has like, it's not just the sushi. It has this like the little wooden bench tray thing. For the for, soy sauce and for yeah. the steam.
1: Yeah. It's all. It- that, like
0: bringing sushi is one thing,
1: but that little. And in 1984, <laughs> when people still think being a vegetarian makes you like a oh, wacko, you know? So that just, that just gave me such a <laughs> sense of memory. I totally forgot. I was like in my old apartment, like my first apartment in New York city and my living room, my, I live in this like L shaped, like mm-hmm. the the living room was like in an L shape. So the, my next door neighbor, like I, it was probably their living room or something was like in basically like the, the crook of the L in my apartment. And I would have friends over and we would work Shakespeare monologues because I've always been cool. And I was always very aware of my volume But my friends weren't always, you know, so people, my one friend is on, and I know you're listening, so I don't know if you remember this, uh, (laughs) but uh, uh, she was like full voice giving Shakespeare, you know next door neighbor who was this tall Ichabod Crane looking guy, clearly had gotten into the little corner and just yells you're a wacko! <laughs> oh and we both oh like, my bro. God. <laughs> I was like, you're sorry Troilus and Cressida sorry. offended you. Sorry, Ichabod. Oh my gosh. Anyway, well, sorry. What, I don't he think, had some sleepless nights I don't away think have wacko ever since, but there <laughs> we are. Um, Well, you know what it was of his generation? There were a lot of older people in that building. Anyway, okay. So what was I saying before immediately that just like took me back to that living room? You're talking about the sushi. Sushi. Ah. Okay. Number one. What a flex. Yeah. Uh, also great writing. That's like, she's so posh. That's like, that was just not a thing. But also that shit was unrefrigerated. Oh yeah. For that hours. Yeah. They, cause they got there at seven, seven and by the time they lunch, lunch it's was like, like noon,
0: at seven, it's at least noon, maybe one. I don't know about that. Oh, like that's that's raw fish, baby. I, I, that I th- needs to I be think, refrigerated. I think Claire is going to be having some tummy troubles oh, at the end of this day. This awful day continues. <laughs> um, yeah, the movie was almost called "The Lunch Bunch," which is not a great title, but the also lunch is much more accurate considering yes. they do eat lunch together. They do not eat breakfast together. No, they
1: show up. Pre breakfast, if how you ask me. Are they the breakfast club? What makes them the breakfast club? Because they're meeting at seven o'clock in the morning. That's how I ha- am okay. forced to interpret the All title. Right.
0: You know what? Uh, I guess I'm forced as well. Also, because I was curious, I looked this up. This movie appears to be the genesis of Eat My Shorts. What? I know. And then because The Simpsons just made hay with that, you can't walk through a boardwalk without tripping over 18 different shirts <laughs> with Bart Simpson going Eat My Shorts. <laughs>
1: Wow, wow, wow. Yes. Benders eat my shorts. S- apparently started the first. And I uh, here I was thinking what a kind of hack move it was to put that in there. You know, just feeling like, oh yeah, just making some teens say eat my shorts, <laughs> like we know they all did. Well. And this appears to be the first. Which wow. you know
0: what? Good. So some in some cases uh, they helped create the lexicon. For and the in day. some cases, but they're just still... saying
1: sporto a lot. In some cases they're saying
0: sporto, like we're in the great Freaking Gatsby. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hey, old sport.
0: Hello, old sport. Uh, So, the casting director... Now, The Breakfast Club was Jackie Birch, an Emmy nominee for casting the HBO biopic Bessie. Birch has also cast such films as Three Amigos, Coming to America, Predator, and previous episode, Die Hard. Oh. Not too shabby. Let's move on to some of the actors who were almost cast. Some of these people may have auditioned. Some may have just been discussed by casting. This is all subjective. And as always, I've looked up all the actors in advance, and Amy Jo is hearing it along with you, listener, for the very first time.
1: I am prepared to be astonished. Let's kick it off. With that, Andrew. Amy joe
0: your thoughts on Emilio Estevez and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else?
1: I think he's great. Again, for that monologue alone, the performance of that monologue alone. Probably the, I mean,
0: I haven't seen tons and tons of Emilio Estevez's work. Most, in terms of what I've seen multiple times, it's this and you know it, Mighty Mission, Ducks. Oh, see, I was thinking oh, Mission Impossible. Of course, the first eight minutes of Mission Impossible. i Don't get none on you. <laughs> uh, that's the line I always remember from that movie. Um, but, uh, yeah, but he like, really crushes so good that monologue. It's so that, good. That's it's so, the best thing I've seen him do is that, but monologue. it's so
1: dropped in. it's so easily played and lived in in a way that's like it'd be so easy to get into histrionics with this, or, you know, totally. or to be too far on the other side where it's like he's so like he's so like brought up that he can't like, you know? Right. I think it's just a beautiful, very human performance. and for the monologue alone, yeah, glad and I am very I like. like
0: how much tinier he is
1: well and that's also very accurate for a wrestler a lot of wrestlers are going to be smaller
0: very true but in terms of like he's like one of the popular kids he's also kind of got that little man energy to him which i think works very nicely he's not just a big guy that's like and now i'm gonna rough you up bender and
1: i'm gonna protect this girl
0: right yeah exactly
1: um as far as other thoughts the the one for the time that makes the most sense mm-hmm. that I can't believe I'm about to recommend this person, but it's obviously Tom Cruise. Yeah. Like, yeah, it is a very easy one to one. And 100. I think legitimately he would be very good in this role. Yeah. Let me see if it were done. I have some, I have various thoughts. None that I'm like, yes, yes, what an amazing option um
0: Christopher, Plummer, as Christopher
1: Plummer um some other guys who were around the same age who weren't necessarily like Brat Pack guys mm-hmm. but like like I can't this is a he's a little goofy for this but I'm like a very young pre him finding his kind of thing like Owen Wilson maybe you oh know? sure um and yeah. then Similarly, I just have a moment. I'm like, you know who I bet could pull off being like uh, sort of a like popular dick real well is Aaron Eckhart.
0: <laughs>
1: totally
0: can totally see an Aaron Eckhart type yeah. in this. Yeah.
1: Um, If it were, let me see, more recent, not mm-hmm. today, but more recent. This is this is also a wild thing to recommend someone who I've never seen in a movie. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, oh, I believe like Channing Tatum could be a wrestler. <laughs> would buy that right yeah um uh i then also thought like if it really were made like a few years ago like anthony Ramos, the lead of in the heights um i take that he had like someone who like i'm thinking of also like him dancing around you know and all of that like he's he's fun and he's got a lot of like up energy but also like the depth to to then uh play that so and then i i don't I don't know. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm looking at other thoughts and they're really fine actors, but I'm just kind of like, yeah. I don't know. I'm going to leave that. You be. know, it, it's not a numbers game. It's you got, you
0: recommend who you're thinking. For, know. You know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, I think it might need to even be a few years earlier than this, but like I could see young Patrick Swayze. Oh yeah. I'd be interested in. I don't, I've re- sa- similar to you. I'm like, I don't really want to, but I could see like a young Patrick Dempsey around this time. Sure. Uh, um, sure. Actually. Yeah. Luke Perry. I'm like, uh-huh. yeah, uh-huh. sure. Made more today. Sure. Like by today, I mean like a decade ago. Um, I could see surprise. You didn't think about him. Jimmy Tatro from American Vandal is oh. giving you just like a, a bit more like that luggish energy. He's giving you also
1: a more contemporary jock yeah, than, very than uh, Estevez. He's not
0: as up. He's much more down than Which Estevez is. Which is also
1: a more contemporary sensibility of, of a right. kind of just like, um, yeah, it just feels more of, uh, of, of gen, gen z millennial cusp Mm -hmm, mm you know
0: uh and who i think would have crushed it if this movie was made in like 2006 breakfast club gimme that michael b jordan
1: oh yeah
0: i'm thinking about him yeah yeah in chronicle him in the like friday night lights era michael b jordan it's like this guy is a star And he knows it.
1: Well, also even just thinking, I'm just thinking particularly of the like museum intro scene in Black Panther, where he comes in and he's just like going there into the museum and everything. It's like that kind of energy of like friendly and and playful. And then you're like, oh, wait, oh, what?
0: (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Uh, So if Hughes couldn't get Estevez, here were the people that he was considering. Right off the bat, Michael J. Fox.
1: You know, he did occur to me. Simply because there are some similarities between him and Estevez, and like yeah. their delivery and the way that they look, yeah. um, so I could I could see that for sure.
0: Absolutely, which I'm I'm into. Mm-hmm. He, it would have been impossible for him to do this. This was th- this was Michael J. Fox's 1985. He had a TV movie, camp comedy, Poison Ivy. He had Teen Wolf. He had this is 85, Back to the Future. Yeah, he had season four of Family Ties. He was filming a lot in 1984. And Family Ties Vacation, the Family Ties TV movie. I
1: know what, I thought you were going to say Family Ties, the music.
0: The musical. <laughs> Listen to this tagline for Family Ties Vacation. Stalked by spies, chased by Scotland Yard, caught with a deadly hairbrush. All these end with exclamation points. That's hence true. my voice going up at the end. Will the Keaton's London vacation destroy an
1: empire?
0: Doubtful. <laughs> I'm gonna go with probably not. But I kind of want to watch this Family Ties vacation, <laughs> you the go musical right on now. Ahead. <laughs> oh, I say this is a solo watch for uh-huh. me. Uh, Jim Carrey was considered. Oh
1: my gosh! This
0: is the year instead he was doing Once Bitten, so this right. was like the very tippy top of yeah. Jim Carrey's career. Which I'm like fascinated. Like, what if that he got what this and if that turned like, that oh yeah, you're do? that type of guy. Yeah. Like Forget the comedy. You're you're like cute and like girls like you. Now do more of like this kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. And I mean, I don't you know if you to, could literally wrestle him away from like, where he was meant to be.
1: Yes, exactly. It's it makes me think of like Robin Williams. Like, yeah, they're both like really excellent actors who are just such brilliant, uh, generative, comedic minds Yeah, um, that to rein that in, especially when they're like young and full of ideas, feels not like he he couldn't do the job as we're that's that's not what I mean, but just feels almost like impossible, you know, feeling like putting putting it like like when you put a dog in a sweatshirt that it doesn't want to be wearing, you know, it's like this this is not this is not quite the thing. Let the dog just be a dog.
0: <laughs> the dog doesn't want to be people. He wants to be dog. This <laughs>
1: Does dog doesn't want to be people <laughs>
0: Very true. I just the idea of just picturing like, Jim carrying this role kind of like a dog in a sweatshirt. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? I see what you mean. The dog doesn't want to wear the sweatshirt. Not that the sweatshirt doesn't look good on the dog. That's exactly right. Because uh, honestly, any sweatshirt looks good on every dog.
1: But a lot of dogs are like, <laughs> please stop this. I get it.
0: I get it. Yeah. Um ding 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 to you, Tom Cruise yeah. sure was considered I was
1: like, he had to have
0: been. He had to have been. I mean, but I get it. Was he at that point even like, I'm the star? Because this is such an ensemble Absolutely. piece, you know? And
1: if anything, you would argue, I think Judd Nelson walks away with the movie.
0: 100. He's so, definitely the more the most charismatic. Like, in he's, terms of as written. he's As
1: written and then certainly as performed. Yeah. You know, but even on paper, it's like, well, that's that's the flashy it's role. It's the
0: showy role. Yeah. 100%. Instead in 85, he was working with Ridley Scott on Legend. So, I mean, he's working with Ridley Scott. He's working with Tim Curry. He's DNA. Uh, and the next year is Top Gun. Yeah. So I think he was doing just fine. Yeah. Matthew Broderick was considered, which I like between him and Michael J. Fox. Again, people that I would think of more as like a Brian type, but you're like, oh no, I guess they do have like their alpha nerds. So they can slot into the wrestler. Yes, they
1: can. Yes, they can.
0: And I always forget because I forgot because Matthew Broderick when he was talk- talking about him being up for her, uh, Johnny Utah on Point Break when I looked up him in uh, Biloxi Blues and he's got these
1: jacked oh, arms
0: yeah. and it is not a look I like on my Matthew Broderick. Well,
1: especially because his face was so young. Was yeah. Did I go through a long phase where I was obsessed with Neil Simon? Yes, I did. So have I seen Biloxi Blues more than yeah, once? A little
0: picture of Neil Simon in your locker. <laughs> I don't
1: right, think right, I did. But... Amy
0: Jo Simon in
1: your notebook. L- no, not like that. <laughs> not like that. Just, I read every play he'd ever written. Oh, oh I and see, let I me see, tell you, the guy wrote like a play a year for at least 40 years. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Like he has a lot of plays that are, have been published even by the time. I, so yes, I had seen Biloxi blues and the Broderick biceps, which with that baby face, it's strong. Weird. It's like you're putting, yeah, it's like you're, put, it's like you're photoshopping a yes. baby head on a big muscly body. And yes. I don't like it.
0: Uh, instead in 1985, he had lady hawk. He had uh, Master Harold and the Boys, oh, the yeah. TV adaptation they did of the stage version right. that he had done. Uh, I believe he had done the stage version as well. I could be mistaken in saying that. Uh, and he was playing Prince Henry on fairytale theater Cinderella with Jennifer Beals, Jean Stapleton as fairy godmother, oh, yes. and Grease's Eve Arden as the stepmother. We
1: stand. Jennifer Beals and Matthew Broderick do. And Rob Lowe. Was considered. Oh well, of course. Which I see that a lot. Absolutely. I think if we couldn't get Estevs. I'm kind of. He actually is the epitome of that kind. I mean, he almost feels like he could fit very easily if it was less of a jock, but more of a like a, a male counterpart to the Molly Ringwald princess kind of character. Like you know, yeah. another kind of like like his name should be Brad. You Brad know what I mean? Brad or
0: Brett. Yes. Or Chad. Exactly, yes. Totally.
1: I see that. Just a, a member of the yacht club kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I get
0: that. Uh, instead, in 1985, he was doing Saint Elmo's Fire with Emilio Estevez, Ali Sheedy, and Judd Nelson. Yes. Like, listener, I had never seen Saint Elmo's Fire. It just was one of the ones I haven't either. But I've been told we should watch it. We have been told that we should watch it by our credible source, our pre well, our previous guest on Titanic, Malcolm. Wallach. Malcolm Wallach. Listen, if you haven't already, folks. Um, but uh, looking it up, he's looking like Bender in that movie. Rob Lowe. He's got mm. like long, crazier hair, and he's given like a darker, like bad boy energy. I'm like, interesting. Well,
1: and Rob Lowe was given a darker, bad boy energy That's in true. life ac- on occasion,
0: there. sure. And meanwhile, you know, Judd Nelson is like complete yuppie in that movie, which is wild yeah. to say. Um, but it, to me, it's just wild that those three people made two separate movies in the exact same yeah. year of these ensemble pieces uh but yeah i could see rob Lowe. but let's move on to allison amy joe your thoughts on ali sheedy who would you cast if you had to cast a someone else my
1: thoughts are that she is great and it was so much easier to think of people for this part than just oh, yeah. about any other one. Because oh, yeah number one you just need a weirdo and that can be in a bunch. It can manifest a bunch of different ways, but also there's a long tradition of cinematic goth girls to draw from. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, she's delightful. She's very funny. I forget how funny she is in this, Oh yeah. you know, um, even just like stuff. That's not like her timing necessarily, but just even things like where Bender just throws the can and it's just a shot of her, like grabbing it without <laughs> looking in the air, you know, super great. She's just got like a mischief, and a lightness, which counterbalances the, like, look so well. Yeah. And then, like, when her... Oh, man. the When she and Emilio Estevez are talking about, like, their uh, parents. Her, and her eyes recognition. Just fill with, they just water. It's just seeing like,
0: Oh, someone else who gets it. Someone else who's like, like, you. I don't even need to say what it is. It's so good. But
1: you get it. And I can tell that you get it. And that thing that when you're young, you haven't had that much of that, like to be able to find someone like, especially like, I I mean, that's the thing.
0: Like, Which I think the movie is so paints so well is like a lot of people you're not able to talk. You don't have the language,
1: or and you're still in your trauma. Yeah, you you can't. You are not looking back on it, processing it. You're in the middle of it.
0: Right. Absolutely. Yeah, so, I think they they play that scene so beautiful. well, to both of them. It yeah. does a lot of heavy lifting in terms of selling them yes, being together which by is, the end. Which even
1: by then, a bit crest- of. A, I mean, they're they're like cutting to them like kind of checking each other out the whole time, but yeah. it is still like really, really. So the the person that I could not get out of my head from the second I thought of it was Mary Louise Parker. Oh, she sure. to me a young Mary Louise Parker okay. like is giving me this like some of the same kind of like. Uh, vote line deliveries. I mean, talk about someone who like made their name and staked their claim by being a grade A weirdo. You sure. Know?
0: Though I never saw that Fried Green Tomatoes. I don't know if she's a weirdo in that. That that was like one of her biggest. I didn't see it first either. things. But
1: I didn't see it either. But regardless, like sure. That is well, We know what is under. She does intense all that. She does well. intense and and intense, but off kilter like. Yeah proof angels in america i never watched weeds, weeds but like yeah. all the stuff that she does is you know what is the one that craig lucas is it blue window or something like that that she's in? she has window, this weird White monologue lucas. um that was written the role was written on her you know oh. so she's she's a, a little delightful weirdo and that's what you want and that's, that's what you, what you need awesome. yeah. um this would be more of this would be a Mm -hmm. less quirky and more intense in a different way but aubrey plaza i'm like i would i mean come on to see aubrey plaza just like here's the thing sketching in the corner yes
0: but give me aubrey plaza as bender instead
1: yes actually that's exactly right you're so correct yeah yeah Yeah. now i want that um i mean this is a big dub like a winona ryder you know that's obviously Absolutely on my list or a Ferrugia ball or feruja uh, sure. or, and this one I'm actually really delighted Ooh. by Parker Posey. S- same. I'm like, come on. We were both, come when we were watching on. this movie. You're we both like, well, I have a lot of thoughts for Bender and yep. Allison and literally yep. nothing for anybody else.
0: <laughs> but yeah, Parker Posey 100% yeah. would be so good. A mischievous weirdo. I mean, come on. I, I would like a young Jennifer Jason Lee. I'm sure. getting a oh, lot. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I could see... Just was we this just the
1: one thing she wasn't considered for at the age of 10?
0: <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> apparently, No, she was 10 when she was considered for Lois Lane in Superman. She would have been 15 here. She would have been more of she a proper age. She would have been
1: entirely in high school and therefore age appropriate.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, Jennifer Jason Lee, just because we just saw her as Laurel in Amadeus. I could see a <laughs> young Cynthia Nixon. I'd be, yes, I'd be into. Yes, Laurel. Laurel. Um,
1: and Nixon actually would straddle an interesting line in between it's the true. two which is why Definitely but I just, like
0: that I like someone who can kind of do both because oh, yeah. I think that that's you're adding more texture and color into them being into the make one of the other into the make under yeah. sure sure yeah. Uh, and made more recently I could see I mean I could see Zendaya of course the okay. hair the hair. Zendaya's yeah. big beautiful giant mound of curly hair I just yeah. watched the first two episodes of euphoria because I never seen it and I was like yes that's the vibe that's what I want um, I could see Gail Rankin, who, uh, a lot of people know her from Glow. She's the one who thinks she's a wolf. She's the one we'll who was in Perry, Perry Mason. Mason. Yes.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Cause yeah. she is, Yeah, she's weird, but with a, like a, a darkness, but a delicateness uh, yeah. to I, it.
0: I love her. She's Ooh. great. She's, I saw her in these two indies that no one has seen, Blow the Man Down. And, uh, this movie, The Climb that I recommended forever ago on some episode that she's just like so good in everything. And so not wildly different, but still like. She's just such an interesting creature herself mm. that she doesn't need to be like phys- changing with each role, but she's just so fascinating to always watch. And I mean, if you haven't seen Glow Listener, her on Glow, she's like one of the most, one of the best characters, in my opinion, of this this woman who fully is like, I am a wolf person. And I could see Bjork. <laughs> I mean, just let her run wild. Give Give me Bjorn. You know,
1: if if Arnold can be your average American dad, why mm-hmm. can't Bjork be your average American high school student?
0: I if you know, I wish I went to high school with Bjork. I honestly do. Um, I went
1: to high school with a with a Bjorn. With a Bjorn? Yes, he was a, a baby he, Bjorn. No, he, well, n- no, oh. I mean he was he was very very tall. Mm-hmm. I mean, being Scandinavian, sure. But he um, he was like nominated for prom king, I think, and he was oh. he was such a. Not weirdo, like, he was like a goth guy who would sometimes oh. wear a top hat around Love school. Love it. But this was the beautiful thing about, because I moved high oh, school right. from Texas to <laughs> I'm Colorado. I'm assuming this
0: was when you were in Colorado, yes. not in Texas. Because in
1: Colorado, people were like, that's weird, I'm into <laughs> it. In Texas, it's like, why is he wearing a top hat? <laughs> That, you know what? That's not the dress code. We can't have that, you know? No. Uh, We're going
0: carry on this top hat guy. He's getting blood all over that top hat.
1: I don't think... It wouldn't be that intense just to be shunned as opposed no. to like, oh, this dude's weird. Cool.
0: Yeah. I love that. Um, and yeah, I mean, I lo- as I said, I had a huge crush on Ali Sheedy. This is the only movie I think I've ever seen Ali Sheedy in, if I I'm think, not mistaken. Was
1: there not something... A oh, TV I did. show or something that we were like, that's Ali Do. We found that she was in something we had just seen.
0: Possibly. Well, she's on um, Psych as uh, Mr. Yang, I believe, is the oh. character she plays for several episodes. Yes, we did see that. It's like a recurring villain. Yeah. Yeah. Just everything she does. Di- her the in the dance scene, her doing like the dance dying, where she's just like, just like, yes. waving her head and her arms and goes to her knees and then goes to the floor and then is still going and then she's just dead (laughs) like great commitment so many great choices um she said that she based some of allison's quirks on this actor with whom she had just worked with on the 1983 movie bad boys sean penn so (gasps) try imagining sean penn just like which quirks which quirks pixie oh, stick sandwiches great. the dancing the not talking and then suddenly just being like
1: ah! <laughs> like yeah. which which aspect there's of this? a lot to draw the from. smoky eyes the sean the penn rock and the eyes. smoky
0: eyes back then uh i i'm obsessed with picturing like what specifically it was that she's pulling from sean penn wow ali sheedy had first auditioned for the part of Samantha Baker in 16 Candles, which then went to Molly Ringwald, of course. And when she had auditioned, she had two black eyes from a set building accident, (gasps) which gave her this dark gothic look, which always stayed with John Hughes. So when it came time to cast this part, he remembered and called Sheedy.
1: Wow, that is ter- turning lemons into lemonade.
0: There you go. But yeah, there you go, folks. If you're like, I might as well not even bother going into this audition. I just got into this accident. That's I, a I great look whatever. Point. Just do it because
1: who knows? I mean, you never you never know yeah. That is That is wild because like she's an iconic character. Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
0: As for the actors who were actually considered, uh, Brooke Shields was up for it. And okay. I'm like, mm, but. Claire. She's, I she don't. is Claire. I don't, yeah, that's what I would prefer her as. Yeah. Um, Molly Ringwald wanted the part. I've seen two things. I've seen that Molly Ringwald wanted this part, but that Sheedy had already been promised the role. And I saw that she was asked to play Allison, but she wanted the role of Claire because Allison to her was kind of this outcast, like, rough around the edges girl was kind of what she was playing, even though I mean, I haven't seen 16 Candles, i pretty in pink, but that feels...
1: I don't know. It's so hard. Closer it's to
0: Claire it, than Allison it, to me. But I don't know. Maybe it's I'm, hard because maybe I haven't,
1: s- I've right. seen parts of both of those, but I think I've seen parts. Yeah. I've seen parts of both of them, but I don't know the narrative. So like, yes, I think pro- it's, it's just like, I think we think of Molly Ringwald in such a particular way from all of these movies. And, but those of us that are like us have really not seen I, yeah, all of th- them. I think this
0: is the only one thing I've seen Molly Ringwald in.
1: It's easier to kind of imagine her as like uptight. When I well, don't she does de- it so
0: well. Yeah, we'll get to her in a in a sec. But like, I think she plays Claire so well, especially in those later scenes yeah. when you're really kind of getting under the surface right. of everybody. I mean, they really all do once you kind of get dig, dig deeper oh, yeah. as the movie goes on. Um, but yeah, it's hard for me to picture Molly Ringwald as Allison. Yeah. Uh, although maybe if imagine imagine Molly Ringwald with black hair.
1: Yeah, I mean that's the thing. It's like the collaboration with wigs and 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 makeup and everything it does so much and it does so much for the actor not just for the viewer like she would go and look at herself in the mirror looking like that and it would make her feel a different way you know like when i wear jeans to an audition because i rarely wear them and certainly like in real life i wear a pair of jeans maybe once a year it makes me feel very different that's part of the point of it it's not like oh i want to present a particular way but it's like it's gonna make me feel Different going into the room. She's totally. so going to be of
0: use. Maybe, maybe. Maybe so. Maybe. Why not? But that sound means it's time for a quick round of Two Truths and some guy. Or in this week's case, Two Truths and some
1: person. Gender, Gender is dead. dead.
0: The way it works, two of the following actors were up for the role of Allison and one was not. And Amy chose to guess which is which. Your options are Joan Cusack,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Jodie Foster, mm-hmm. And Laura Dern.
1: Fascinating. Two of those may be on my list for someone
0: else. <laughs> oh,
1: okay, okay. John Cusack, Jodie Foster, Laura Dern. Um, I'm just wondering if at this point Jodie Foster isn't too big. You know, I mean, I know like it's harder for child stars to like make the hump and make the, job, but she like right. she's a taxi driver, you know, I, like an Oscar nominee for taxi. That's driver. what I mean. Like, yeah. I think she'd be great in this role, but I'm thinking, well, you know, we'll see, but I'm thinking I'm going to go with Jodie Foster because I think at this point she might've been too, too big.
0: Yeah. I'm sorry. That's incorrect.
1: Well, uh, Joe Cusack.
0: That is correct. As far as I could tell, Joan Cusack was not considered for Allison. But I sure would like to see it. (laughs) Uh, But Jodie Foster was considered and Laura Dern read. 1985 instead, Laura Dern was doing Mask with Sharon Eric Stoltz and Blue Velvet would be the next year. So she's like doing a-okay
1: i bet with like jodie foster it could also just be like wouldn't it be great if we could get jodie foster right but you know yeah and i'm like i could see
0: both although it's they neither of them are clearly people i recommended neither of them are ones that really sprang to mind for this role um but
1: that might also be like a studio suggestion suggestion being totally. like oh let's get in this part they're like, thinking
0: of that ending makeover like we want you to make them over and now you pull back and you're here's here's beautiful Laura Dern yes, or Jodie Foster yes. you can't really get like a re- like I don't know maybe even like Faruza Balk they would be like she's too too uh, out, uh not norm core enough to be you know, yeah even without all the makeup
1: Faruza Balk like ago. you know has that like round yeah. face and looks a bit like a beautiful alien yes you know? yes and I
0: think John Hughes is like they can't be a beautiful alien. We just want to, to, to be, be a girl next door. Oh, exactly.
1: But let's move on to Carl, the janitor, Amy, Joe, your thoughts
0: on John Kapalos and who would you cast? If you had to cast someone else, we don't get a lot of this character, Not a lot, he, but I
1: think he's great. I yeah. think he straddles the line really nicely being like young enough to be the bridge between the young kids and the principal and, and knowing that like he plays right. this kind of like, Kraken you know i
0: honestly because he's got like the scenes with the kids because like bender's being an ass of just like oh yeah uh, what is andrew or andrew yeah, wants Andrew's to know what
1: interested in joining the custodial yeah. arts
0: yes you want to be a janitor and then he's got all these scenes with the principal where I, love, I do love that line i think this actor is great i don't really know this actor but i think he's great but when the principal's like you know that's what worries me i look at these kids and i'm like these are the kids that are gonna be taking care of me one day and he's like i wouldn't worry about that like these kids aren't i wouldn't count on it yeah i wouldn't count on it these kids aren't taking care of you but i wouldn't have been surprised if the movie ended and he just disappeared because he was a ghost the whole time
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think i think he's really great he he does what he's required to do very well um I don't have a lot of, I don't really have many thoughts. I, this being like a Chicago area film, I was like, just get like anyone who's a second city person or like a lot of, you know, the people who played any of the smaller parts in home alone, you know, like all those Chicago area guys. I have the one like actor name I have on my list is Sam Rockwell. Like a young Sam Rockwell. yeah, yeah. Just like someone who's kind of (laughs) like, hey hey oh okay okay yeah like yeah, that yeah. kind of that i would, would oh buy i so that aspect.
0: i would love that yeah yeah i love it um yeah this guy looked a little to me like him so i'm gonna say enrico colantoni he looks just a <laughs> bit like enrico like they
1: could be cousins hey two something. galaxy quest two actors. galaxy quest actors
0: <laughs> sam rockwell and enrico colantoni um but i'd like that it's just that kind of like i don't know that we're not a world Weariness, just like um he feels like a man who has simultaneously never left this school and has been around the world that he's seen it all and yeah. done it all, and I'm ha- contented to just be here as a cynical janitor. with
1: a sense of humor. Yeah. Um, or I was like, what I
0: really want here is someone even more specific. Give me someone even more of like their own thing. Imagine a young Samuel L. Jackson as this janitor, like dealing with these mm-hmm, kids. Mm-hmm. Like that to me. I mean him just going like oh you want to be a janitor it's like okay yeah. let me go you know i follow you kids around with my broom i look in your lockers i read your like that i want someone that could also be intense suddenly yeah. you're like oh he's just the janitor like oh no it's Daniel jackson he's i'm tapping I'm, I'm my pants
1: the speech from wolf uh, uh, pulp fiction but he's suddenly doing <laughs> the uh the, the speech in deep blue sea
0: oh yeah there you go now that's a twist this movie could use halfway through this the school is flooding. We've got them. Um,
1: Suddenly there's sharks. <laughs> sharks everywhere nowadays.
0: <laughs> uh, or um, give me Tom Waits. I want like a really strong, when I was younger I wanted to be John Lennon. I follow you kids around with my Instead, broom. Instead, I turned out
1: to be Tom Waits, <laughs> which is pretty good, actually. It
0: worked out even better for me. Yeah, <laughs> like that. I want like some like really specific. This guy's great, but I want something in energy. that's even more so, um, which we kind of got with these people who were up for it. Like oh, okay. not even just more so, but like they. We have some stars. Bill Murray was briefly is the
1: kind of thing where you could just bring someone famous into like play the little ringer role kind of thing. like not quite a cameo like more than that but just like a smaller part just to come in and be like oh my gosh bill murray's playing the janitor how funny
0: i guess i feel the role i think it just it can't handle it the role needs to be smaller or even bigger or it
1: needs to be the kind of thing where he's more of like a fairy godmother type thing where like something like the ghost at the end yeah where there's like a real like he has to like give them the tools to escape detention He winds up helping
0: he he like he even like the kids are on the background and he sees them but vernon doesn't and he and helps he distracts, distract exactly vernon. Like, he needs to do yeah. something
1: more actively for the
0: plot i take that because this is the year between ghostbusters and little shop of horrors in terms yeah. of what
1: bill murray was doing oh beamer is doing a lot beamer's doing a lot Yeah. Uh, and uh
0: speaking of you talking about any actors? These smaller actors in Home Alone, John Candy was considered. I can see it. He had a very packed nineteen eighty five. He was doing Volunteers with Tom Hanks, the movie Summer Rental, which I think is might also be John Hughes. Follow That Bird, the Big Bird movie. The Big Bird. Brewster's Millions with Richard Pryor and The Last Polka a mockumentary with eugene levy Catherine o'hara and rick moranis and speaking of rick moranis was originally cast as the janitor he grew a thick beard and decided to play the character with a russian accent (laughs) and john hughes planned to let moranis reinterpret the character but producer ned tannen so opposed moranis's like take on it that he had him replaced with John Kapalos. So he was like, no. And I'm, I wonder if it was like, would you consider doing it without the Russian accent? And would you consider shaving and if it was like, no, then you're replaced. Or if it was like, I'm not even going to talk to this guy. I don't want it. I don't like it. We're getting my buddy Kapalos. Instead, I mean, it's the year between Ghostbusters and Little Shop for Rick Moranis as well, mm-hmm. and he's also in Brewster's Millions and The Last Polka. So these guys he's were busy. all busy, 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 busy. But I'm like Bill Murray, John Candy, and Rick Moranis. These are all interesting ideas. I ser- I like. They yeah, like Rick Sh- Moranis.
1: Chicago guy. I mean, actually, I don't yeah. know if Rick Moranis a Chicago guy, but the other two are Chicago I think guys. He's Canadian. Canadian. He might have then.
0: Well, been in Chicago for a bit. Yeah, I
1: mean, so many of them. So many of them were, but right. like also you know, there's just like a lot of s- similar kind of like comedic sensibilities with regards to a lot of the people that came from Canada that then would go to Chicago, go to second city, all that. I can see the, uh, the idea. Yeah. I'm digging it. I'm, yeah. I'm digging
0: any of those guys, especially can't, I like the idea of candy. I like the idea of John candy in mm-hmm. the role. Um, but let's move on to, Claire. Claire. Amy Joe, your thoughts on Molly Ringwald and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else?
1: I think she does a great job. I absolutely buy this like prissy princess without, she doesn't make her unlikable for a second. Yeah. You know, you also get that like with the <laughs> the way this actor playing the dad who, it, I, I didn't look up how old he is because I didn't want to be upset with my own life. Um, But like, <laughs> you know, how like adoringly this dad's like, no, you, you know, you're, you go out there honey and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like um you get a lot of those first scenes with the parents provide obviously a lot of necessary context and it's a great example of exposition being shown not told because then we get their perspectives on their parents later but we've already seen it we've already been able to form our own conclusions uh form our own opinions um so yeah i i I really like her i think she does a really great job at at keeping us at arm's length but yet on her side um as far as like, yeah, the relationship between her and Bender and the movie's point of view on that, that's, that has nothing to do with Molly Ringwald, but I, yeah, right I, I think she's great. There's a reason I, I she became such a famous yeah. person from Oh, absolutely.
0: Films. 100%. And yeah, I think that they're all, I think the actors are doing the heavy lifting in yes. terms to sell like the I, sudden change in the relationships, especially once they pair off, like she is doing a lot of
1: that. I mean, work. obviously you are feeling it the whole time right i let me just also be clear i have zero problem with these two characters like winding up together that seems like kind of a duh you know it's it's beatrice and benedict it's like you know it's it's you have the two opposites attract yeah opposites attract It's, it's, it's the lady and the tramp. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. Spaghetti. Um, yeah, they could be, uh, just like one
0: giant tube of sushi or they're just both on each side of a sushi boat as they go nosh, nosh, nosh towards each other.
1: Roll to roll, California roll to California roll. Um, but it's, it's just more, you know, the, the point of view about how, as everything i've said but um but yeah like i think they're also doing such a great job of selling their attraction without in any way like telegraphing that to moi the viewer
0: totally yeah so do you have uh anyone else the
1: podcast um
0: (laughs) (laughs) how many episodes have we done well you're you're, it's certainly fine if you
1: don't No, so i do have on here for claire both jodie foster and john cusack Oh, and Joan Cusack. Yes. Oh, love it. Like it, age wise, yeah. it's hard to exact, but I just feel like she is so good at all of these things. Yeah. But I having, you know, thinking of like school of rock and that sort of like <laughs> more like pulled together. Yeah. I think that she'd be great. Um, I have she'd be a bit old for it at this point, but I have Jessica Lang on here. Mm. Like that's someone who you yeah. just see her and you're like, yeah, that Jessica is a Lang. gorgeous popular yeah. princess that does is not even trying to be that, you know, yeah. um, uh, which I think is, is useful here for, um, I'm actually not sure how old she is, but like a very young Catherine Keener, I think would be a very oh. interesting uh, note. She tends yeah. to, I mean, we also have seen her being in, uh, in her, you know, she wasn't a teenager doing the movies that I've seen her in, but right. like, you know, she tends to play a bit more like worldwide wisecracking type thing, but that, doesn't mean that she couldn't also be a very interestingly calibrated version of this.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, And then like, oh, I don't even have anyone like for today today. Because I don't know the kids. But that's fine. You see, I don't know the kids. I, you but- don't know them Utes. But for like the most contemporary person, the youngest person on my list basically is Gemma Chan. Because when I think, when I think of like, who is the most picture perfect pulled together person I've ever seen in my life in a way where I'm like, yeah, I would want to follow that person around in high school. I'm like, yeah, Gemma Chan.
0: Sure. I mean, I could see her, Crazy Rich Asians co-star Constance Wu. I I could see in terms of the like. I thought her
1: too. She's like a a, kind of a more comedic take on it. Sure. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, for sure yeah um around this time
0: they'd be the right age i could see a uh, young elizabeth shoe oh i'd be interested in absolutely young diane lane uh-huh. i would like a lot uh-huh. um i couldn't decide between her, her either claire or allison and i think i'm more interested in her as claire i could see jennifer gray yes i would be into
1: i can see particularly like ferris bueller it's very exactly. allison but
0: right but, but yes i think that she could easily play claire and oh, st- yeah. it's still just that her fury at Fe- beulet ferris it's you, it's you just the uptight clown, yeah. it's
1: uptight clown yeah as opposed to ali sheedy who's much more just like i'm just chaos <laughs> just <laughs> walking just chaos. around uh, or, what did you say what were what was it where she like lifted something or i was just like how is she strong enough to do that you're like she has the power of chaos i don't remember what it was. That
0: well we- she ripped the patch off andrew's Jacket. That's what His it like was. And patch.
1: I just screamed, those are so on. Pure and you strength. said, she has the power of chaos. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, or give me that young Marissa Tomei. Oh, yes. And with the full My Cousin Vinny voice. I don't care if it doesn't make sense in the context of this movie. I moved here movie. from Brooklyn. Yeah that's what i'd like as for the actors who were actually considered robin wright auditioned oh
1: uh, i yes i can 100 percent see that
0: this is pre her really breaking out because in 1985 she was on the soap opera santa barbara for years and years and years and then princess bride was 87 which is like the big like movie break but clearly she's already getting them auditions here uh and i would like that jodie foster was also considered for Claire. They just wanted her in this. As was Laura Dern. So the clear that they had, them am like, we don't quite know. Will you're shape You're more it. Allison or yeah. more Claire. And then the answer is you're neither. He's
1: like, I wrote it in two days. It's malleable.
0: I wrote it in two days and then I cast it over the course of two years. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I could see, I mean, I could see any of those. Um, I yeah. think I like Robin Wright. The best out yes, of for sure but maybe Lord Dern I do love that Dern uh but let's move on to finally Bender Amy Joe, your thoughts on Judd Nelson and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else
1: it's hard for me to watch Judd Nelson and other things because I just am like but you're not Bender have who, you seen him in anything else uh yeah I, yes I have but I oh, can't tell okay. you off the top sure, of my sure, head I don't know
0: if I've seen him in a, a one single other thing
1: I totally have but it's like years later yeah and I, I can't I
0: did used to confuse him and Judge Reinhold just from the name. So I was like, is sure. Judd Nelson the guy in the Santa Claus given Tim Allen guff? Like no, I know, that's I know I've seen him
1: in something else because I but I just couldn't yeah. tell you right now. I'd have to go look through his IMDB, which I'm not gonna do. Maybe
0: he popped up in a murder she wrote.
1: I don't think he popped up yeah. in a murder she wrote, but I do think it probably was a television guest spot type thing. Yeah. No. Anyway, I think he's he's great. And again, all of my all of my issues are to do with either the writing or what they chose to keep in the improv. Cause again, yeah. now dropping, uh, the homophobic slur that is casually dropped at the beginning of the movie, which I think is that, I think Andrew saying that, or I think both of them, both of them, I think regardless them say it once. that we're not cool with, uh, let, let's just say the blanket that obviously anything else that he does in this movie feels like he to me if he's improvising it it is him trying to like be like this is my character's point of view the problem is then how it's edited together in a way that's just like well that's ugh, that's if this is also supposed to be someone who we're really supposed to get behind and in a way that is more complicated than you're showing us like uh, there's just you know not a lot of nuance in the in the lens that's all I'll say um i think he's excellent in it and yeah. yes it i do think
0: i think you're getting you know you're getting the framework of him to what he's talking about his parents about he's got the cigar or burn, burn on his mm-hmm. arm that that is if not excusing his behavior it is it's
1: contextualized contextualized it. to
0: explain but that's yeah
1: maybe that's what i mean we get such deep compassionate context for him which i think we need you know and is great because it's not just taking this one character and writing him off as a loser you know it's like giving us real human context but it doesn't give us that same context for Claire's virginity like it doesn't give us that set like not really like it it they bully her into like admitting stuff about herself that she's like not okay with in a way that it's like th- there are just other choices that could have been made again like sure. the shot up the skirt it's yeah. like that kind of thing where i'm like no 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 you're shooting this as a funny moment she's covering for him and there's no discussion of like like if there was something just like to acknowledge like Hey, if he were able to say like, you know what? I'm sorry I did that. I'm sorry I made you feel badly. But instead she comes into the closet and like to make out with him, Mm. which is fine. But there's no acknowledgement on his part or her part that like, hey, you know what? You hurt my feelings. And that was maybe like, or you made me say that in front of people that I didn't feel comfortable saying that. with. Instead, it was just like, you get to make fun of me and I'm then going to go make out with you because of that. Like, And there's no examination of that. And that is where I have a problem that there's no examination and no like, Oh yeah, maybe I shouldn't actually have done that. Sorry. That wasn't cool. Or even just a like moment where, where there's even an implied apology. There's none of that. You know, he, he, she even says like, did you really think what I did with my lipstick was disgusting? He says no and laughs. And it's like that, that seems to be where they're trying to do with that, but it needed for me to come sooner and to be more than that. You know, oh yeah that's, all okay so other thoughts obviously johnny depp like oh sure this is like they have similar kind of face hair things going on um obviously johnny depp um and then obviously again then like a few years later like a heath ledger oh I mean, God. could you? Could, could you, you?
0: Could, could you? you. I okay, could. so so the ten things I hate about you, but as the Breakfast Club. So Julia Stiles as your Allison. Yes, larissa Olenek Olenek as Claire. your Claire. You got Joseph Gordon-Levitt as your Brian. Yep. You got Heath Ledger as your Bender, mm-hmm. and then as your Andrew, you got um, you got Andrew Keegan.
1: Yeah. Yes, or, you do.
0: Yeah, I think that's how it shakes. Or, or Joseph Gordon Levitt is your Andrew, and David Kremlitz is I'm your thinking. Brian.
1: That's that's what I'm thinking.
0: Okay, I don't. Joseph Gordon Levitt, 1999. I mean, nowadays he's got them muscles, but at that point, I don't think he could pull off I the. I think intro. it's
1: more. It's it's more important. He could have been on the track team or something like that. Like he doesn't necessarily sure. need to that's be a true. wrestler. It's just more that's that true. he is like in a particular, very socialized yeah. group type thing. You know. Um, Either way.
0: I think it could Either be way, done. It could be a one-to-one. We've done it.
1: We've cast it.
0: <laughs> we've we've it.
1: done it. And principal Larry Miller. Come
0: oh, on. Come on. We're done. Perfect. Or Allison Janney.
1: Or Allison Janney. I don't and then know. Larry Miller's the janitor.
0: Allison Janney getting in <laughs> Heath Ledger's face, saying, "Hit me! I want you." You get one hit. This is guy. like when
1: people are talking about how in Crazy Rich Asians the scene between Michelle Yeoh and Henry Golding, they're like, "That's the most sexual tension in the entire movie." <laughs> <laughs> and be like, this isn't what we meant, but we're not mad about it.
0: <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not uh, wrong. Uh, I also got to say, obsessed with locker guillotine that he has in his
1: locker. Yeah, he that's could, rough.
0: Maybe that's why that would actually be really random if the janitor just had like a hook for a hand. And he was like, <laughs> I look through your lockers and that's when they, because they cut to Bender and clearly it's because he's got weed in his locker because yeah. he makes the biggest eye like what? face when he says, I look in your lockers. But it could be like, oh god, I almost chopped off the janitor's hand. Oh man,
1: um, I have. I mean, I think there's like a lot of different people who'd be great in this part. But I really was just going through like my roster of, of yeah. uh, Sexy 90s and 2000s bad boys. So of course, then I was also thinking Christian Slater, a la James, you know, same. from Heather's. Oh
0: yeah, love it, absolutely. Oh, also, because you mentioned his clothes earlier, the hit, Judd Nelson's clothes in this movie are the outfit he auditioned in for the role. So they well, just went, no notes.
1: That's great. That honestly again. explains a lot, too. It's just like, yeah, I even if it's not what he was, like, authentically wearing every day, if it's stuff that he, like, thoughtfully put together yeah. to create that look, yeah. then why why... Why not use it? There's Annalie Ashford wore a shirt to the first read through of Kinky Boots that the Jerry Mitchell became like obsessed with and so they bought that shirt. (laughs) So that she could wear it for the big song that she sings, and like they, so they kept trying to track it down because a lot of the costumes like are supposed to be this one specific dress, this or that here there, and of course like, you know, if you're buying this dress from Anthropology, like it only sells things for a certain amount of seasons, so they would have to track them down. But like so, and if you look in any of the promo pictures of her with like shoes on her hands, wearing this like green top, it's because Anna Lee just wore that to the redo. They're like, that's so Lauren, we gotta have it.
0: That's great. I was I did this stupid stupid video that was like for a Kickstarter for some kind of data encryption technology so i was playing a hacker because the idea being like i'm like you want to buy this or invest in this so i can't get your info but whilst trying to figure out like i had like here are i brought in like to this rehearsal with this director is like all these various like three different outfits like here are my outfits for like this hacker guy and he's like i like what you're wearing and i was like this isn't what i was wearing like a button down shirt i'm like i Okay, sure, guys. Yeah, I'm sure. going to hack
1: in the privacy of my living room
0: <laughs> I'm ha- in a I'm gonna button ha- down. I'm going to hack in this gap. <laughs> 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 uh, as for Bender, yeah, totally with Christian Slater. I could see, I could see, thinking of Star Spruly next year, I could see Charlie Sheen. Oh, yes. Charlie Sheen just
1: <laughs> pushing around his Charlie brother, Sheen, Emilio. I was about to say Charlie Sheen and Emilio <laughs>
0: Um, I could see a young Matt Dillon. Yes, I would like. Yes, I could see him, or I he could also be an Andy. Yeah, yeah. Um, Young Kevin Bacon, where the year after Footloose. Yeah, I'm interested yes. in that. Yes, um, or Robert Downey Jr. He's yeah. someone that's like, very he's that. Always, uh, he's still at least maybe it's just for me, but he's always likable, even when he's being a real stinker. And I could see RDJ really leaning into like I'm stinker Bender, but then he like I can't help it; it's just little RDJ. Um, yeah. So here's the thing with Judd Nelson as Bender. He stayed in character off camera.
1: Oh, no. So he's
0: bullying Molly Ringwald a lot throughout filming.
1: I don't like it.
0: Which nearly got him fired. John Hughes almost fired Judd Nelson because they had a very contentious working relationship throughout this film. But unsurprisingly, Paul Gleason, as Vernon, was the main person who was defending Nelson, saying that he's a good actor and was just trying to get into character, which is really fascinating. Looking at those two characters and then those two actors and him being the one that's like helping kind of shield him from like consequences of like, don't don't stop bullying. Particularly
1: the 17 year old.
0: Yeah, let's, uh, so here we go. Where where are them ages at? Um, Their breakdown of ages. Judd Nelson was 25 at the time of filming. Molly Ringwald was 16. Her 17th birthday was three days after the film's release. And if you're you're curious, Amelia Westavis and uh, Ali Sheedy were both 23, and Anthony Michael Hall was also 16. So, yeah, just uh, bullying this girl who's a decade, almost a decade younger than I you. I
1: can't abide that. And that is the kind of like, boy, is it ever the 80s? And like we're we're like still like in the throes of like the method being like so, yeah. so um uh, revered right. that it's like, well, you know, if it gets a good performance, it's worth it. No.
0: And here's the thing. If it gets a good performance, it's worth it as long as it does not affect
1: anyone else
0: anyone else well as for the actors who were considered Emilio estevez was originally going to play bender but john hughes could not find anyone else to play andrew so i assume all the actors that we had up for andrew either mm. just didn't work out scheduling wise or hughes was just like they just not can't do, do it. it or not they i don't like them alongside Emilio as bender mm. so uh, that's why Emilio West has switched over to Andrew. Jim Carrey also auditioned for Bender. I, which I'm like,
1: no, I, I see uh, weirdly. I see him more as, I mean, it's so skinny, but like weirdly I see him more as, as Andy.
0: Oh, as Andy. Yeah. 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 Same. Uh, Sean Penn was considered. So we could have understand that you could be looking. I'm like, wait, wait, which one's Sean Penn, Allison or Bender? I can't <laughs> tell the difference. <laughs> yeah, man, They're exactly so the same. Um, which I kind of get, I never saw fast times. At Sean Richmond Penn and time. Robin, Wright. Oh, well, there you go. I mean, there you go.
1: They were, it, it happened anyway. It did happen so. anyway.
0: It did happen anyway. Uh, Nicolas Cage was considered but they couldn't afford his salary.
1: Or his antics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: yeah i mean here's the thing i can so see i can
1: see it but you know what judd nelson is giving a grounded performance this
0: is very true this is very true i don't want it and i love you cage but i don't want it Uh, and finally john cusack auditioned several times even traveling to chicago and los angeles before being cast to meet with hughes Um, But Hughes eventually dropped him, deciding to go in a different direction because he just didn't think that he was intimidating enough or imposing enough as Bender.
1: Yeah, because like from what little I've heard about John Cusack, like not the most pleasant person, but that's not the same thing as like imposing.
0: True. He thought that Cusack was too nice to play a character like this, but this is also in 1985. So yeah. Or 1984. Before before your ego
1: has been blown up by being in Hollywood for too long.
0: That's true. Um, which was a bitter irony is that he got along with Cusack so well in the pre-production process and was his onset relationship with Judd Nelson was so bad that he swore he would never work with Nelson again and never did so. Mm Instead in 1985, John Cusack had better off dead and rob reiners the shore thing so he had he was still he was the king of the 80s john cusack with those say anything and yes. better off dead in all these movies um but those are all the characters that i found other casting options for but there are a few characters i didn't mention though not many not many so i want to briefly touch on them paul gleason as principal vernon i mean it's this and die hard for me it's like just the two iconic he's characters also in his. arthur that we just recently oh, that's true did. and he's got he has that a small teeny, role but it's teeny, a great line in arthur that the exchange
1: guided. with hobson in the That's office. True. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, but he's great in this. He's fantastic. Because he's the worst.
1: The he's the worst. worst. And man, that scene with him and Bender. Really wild stuff. It, it's so upsetting. But like very effective. It's really great. And also it's like, yeah, you think about people who maybe like, to use the phrase peaked in high school. Um, yeah. Who then get some modicum of power. And how, just, oh it's it's like everything that you, you pray people don't go into education to do, and yet Absolutely. you know there are plenty of people who that, do. That'd
0: be a nice throwaway uh, gag as if he's like polishing some framed photo or whatever that you see as like mm, young him, like yeah. him on whatever on sports the wall team or, or exactly, yeah, yeah something like, yeah. Anything like that, um, I would dig. But yeah, I mean, he, he nails the assignment yes. for this movie. Like, I
1: always a hundred percent believe this guy like even in the goofier stuff it's like well yeah this guy's having a private moment and he thinks he's alone he's like probably yeah. losing his mind him trying know? to
0: deal because the door is open so he can kind of see into their like the their right, room the library right and then when he leaves judd nelson like pulls the the screw or something out of the door so that you can't keep it open and his him his little lotsy of trying to put mm-hmm. chairs that then get catapulted across the room having andrew like you come on help me with this help That's- me with this
1: Estevez does a great job of trying to climb back over the thing in a way that is Oh like, he
0: really eats ass and you know yeah. that was yeah, that's real and they left it in there and I love them for it. Yep. Uh but then when Bender's like, you know, I don't know, sir, that like, what if there's a fire? That'd be a fire hazard for all those kids in here. And he just looks, he goes to Andrew and he's like, Come in here, what are you doing? Get this out of here. <laughs> like, what a jerk. What, what a, a jerk. jerk off. Uh and Anthony Michael Hall is Brian. I think he's just the sweetest little he thing. He nails every moment. He's so good. Just when he like
1: keeps trying to pipe up, uh uh I'm I'm, I'm in math club. Oh. I'm in physics club. You're oh. like, "Kid, kid, kid,
0: kid." Not the time. Not the time. No, no, keep it quiet. <laughs> and then him at the end as well. His like little tear oh. going down is
1: It's beautiful. And yeah. it's not in any way pathetic. It's like righteous, wow. you know. He's so
0: good. He's so He's good wonderful. In this. Movie. It's re- it's it is like the character that I think you can easily forget about in that he's the least showy mm-hmm. of of them all. Um but I think he's just so good in this and so charming. Uh, and so you get to see him getting picked up and by his uh mother and younger sister who are played by Anthony Michael Hall's mother and younger sister, oh, which really? I love. That's great. Yeah. Mercedes Hall, his mother, and Mary Christian, his little sister, got to which I just think is delightful. The mom
1: was great in that first scene. Oh, yeah. She's like, will you find a way to study?
0: Oh, that's yeah. Like, I can't study. We're not allowed to move. Oh. Which
1: also, like, that's I, I, oh, well, all no, because you
0: could be sneaking in on a comic book inside your textbook when, yeah, instead they're to just study. V-
1: smoking, smoking grass in <laughs> in the library. <laughs> they're smoking grass and have dance danced all parties. of their attitudes toward pot is
0: oh, it's so good. Oh,
1: now here's a question I have. Yes, a listener, I have never smoked pot in my life, mm-hmm. and so. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I do seem to recall, Mm -hmm. from what I've been told, that like the first time people smoke out, it they often don't get high. Yet, oh, this kid is blazed! I believe is the term. Did they? I did he say that he never smoked weed before? No, but it did seem that most of them had.
0: Well, maybe they'd all experimented
1: with it at least once, except
0: for Allison, because she seems really. She's got some weird like thousand yard stares sometimes in the movie including then yeah. when like looking at andrew when he's like ah, i'm gonna go back and go get high with them and she's staring
1: i wouldn't believe i wouldn't be surprised if she were total straight edge you well know? she
0: she's the only one that doesn't smoke with them yeah, so that exactly. seems to be the case but yeah. um
1: yeah i don't know i don't know what to tell you
0: it could be maybe he was just faking it maybe maybe little brian was just trying to be one of the cool kids yeah. so that's why he's just like he starts going into what might be a stand someone's stand up routine. Oh, yeah, what is he I don't talking actually about? know. Uh,
1: it's very he's unfortunate. He's got sunglasses he's, on. He's, he's just like, I like, think now, the forgive me because thrills, I have not babe. watched, yeah, I have not watched a lot of early 80s stand up, but I would. Uh, it's definitely a black comedian that seems clear I, by the vocal I take, which assume, is deeply unfortunate. Yeah. So, I'm gonna go with those probably. You know, a Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy impression Something. in some way. Yeah. It's just like, oh.
0: <laughs> they cut to him. He's somehow finagled some kind of red jumpsuit. He just starts doing the entire Eddie Murphy raw stand up. Oh my
1: gosh. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: so, Amy Jo, final thoughts. Anything we haven't touched on? Any characters I somehow missed that you want to bring up that we haven't talked about
1: already? Yeah, we got to talk about the dad. Um, um, we do not got to talk about, yeah, the one, the one actor we haven't talked about is the guy who plays, uh, Emily West as his dad. He's there too. He's there. No, it was, it was a really fascinating watch because I did find myself from the distance of almost, you know, 40 years at this point from when it was, you know, shot, going i felt like i had a real like vertigo watching this movie where there are times i'm like oh my gosh this is so great and times when i was like i am so mad but i mean you know i think it's a useful exercise to watch you know things that that are a bit problematic today and see like well what 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 is still working and also i thought this was very interesting because like so i was born in 83 which a lot of people like depending on what you look at it's like the cutoff for millennials. Mm. It's like the first year you could maybe consider yourself a millennial is like 83, maybe 82. But then some people will say that we are this thing called an Xennial, which what? is like the hybrid between Gen X and millennial. <laughs> but I will say I've never in any way identified with Gen X. Like it just, right. the disaffectedness and the kind of cynicism and all this, it's just never made sense to me, which is partially just who I am as a person, but also cause like, I have a younger brother. I was like raised, I'm an elder millennial. Yeah. So like watching this movie, which again, they were like fully teens and adults when I was a literal infant. Like, I'm like, well, yes, I get this to me, makes me understand Gen Xers better. You know, just this kind of like where they're coming from and also what media they were consuming that they were being told was them. And that Mm. in many ways maybe was an accurate reflection of them, you know? Um, it's just very, very interesting. Um, especially because I can look at this and go like, this is, this is not my viewpoint on life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Whereas not like 10 things I hate about you is just cause that's more my generation. But, um, I don't know. I felt, I felt like I was cause I don't sit around and watch like reality bites and, and yeah. sex lies and videotape all the time. Like all these like kind of like Gen X staples. Um, so to like go back and look at it and just really be thinking about like, you know, and and not that all this stuff matters all that much, but something about this that directly addresses the generational divide, and you have the principal talking about it. You know, like uh, yeah, just like how every generation thinks the one that is coming right after them and it's like two micro generations after them is like the worst. You know, it's right. It's just like very interesting to see that when we are now two, three generations like past that and uh, micro generations at least. Uh, I just thought I, I was just thinking about it a lot watching it, and I thought it was very. Uh, I I gained a lot of insight watching it. Also, that was really interesting. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, I'll end with this. It was originally suggested that there would be several sequels to this movie occurring every 10 years in which The Breakfast Club gets back together. It's like the 7-Up documentary yes. series. Yeah. So we would be like 19. Imagine
1: 1995
0: is so it 95 or 96, or 85 or 86? It was 84 that,
1: this that it was shot. It was 85, and, right. And 85 so, So
0: 1995... We would be getting a Breakfast Club sequel. Then two thousand five, two thousand fifteen. Can before you before sunrise? Um, is it? It might be. This might be. Yeah. So okay. If this so was 90, shot by Richard no, no, Linklater. So ni- So ninety five. Oh, if this is Richard Linklater, he'd still be filming it. The first one today. <laughs> um, so so ninety. So ninety five. Then they are the Lunch Bunch. <laughs> two thousand five. They're the the Supper Club.
1: <laughs> yep. Yep. And
0: uh, two thousand fifteen. I think they're the. Um, the Dessert Denizens?
1: Oh, are they the, they're the the nightcap crew. The
0: nightcap crew. I love it. Um, but between John Hughes swearing he would never work with... Mm, Je- a
1: minor complaint.
0: Right. Uh, Considering they would never work with Judd Nelson again. And he had a bit of a falling out with Molly Ringwald because she wanted to pursue more adult roles and move away from the teen film genre yeah. and severed her relationship with Hughes.
1: I mean, she did like three in a row for him, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's tough. I get It's also, she was so young, you know?
0: Totally. But imagine imagining, imagining if we were like talking about like, what do you think they're going to do for the next Breakfast Club movie coming out in three years? Oh
1: my gosh. It's like, that only works if you're doing something like Wet Hot American Summer, where it's like, it's already so dumb.
0: <laughs> okay. Real quick.
1: A one-to-one? We got to do a one-to-one okay, okay, with Wet okay. Hot okay. American Summer. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Already playing a character named Andy. So he's playing a character named Andy.
0: Oh no. See, I guess, I think I want him as Bender. Cause he's just I so suppose, full of himself. I
1: suppose. Okay. okay. Well, all right. You know what it. I really I'm want into is into an all, all Paul Rudd breakfast club. Okay. All so Paul that Rudd aside, okay. that aside. Okay. If Paul Rudd is Bender, then. Oh, this is, this that's is the thing. Hard. Are you casting them
0: as the actors or as the characters? Cause as oh, the that's actors, true. I could see more Bradley Cooper as Andrew, as Andy. Absolutely absolutely Paul Rudd as Bender I mean Paul Rudd's never really been a real Bender but this is also the full tilt boogie comedy version yes yes or yeah no or wait or is it Ken Marino as Andy (laughs) where do I is it Jolo Truglio as Brian no who's the Brian it's
1: Michael Showalter oh Michael Showalter
0: of course Michael Showalter is the Brian I mean Chris Maloney as the janitor, yes, is perfect
1: because <laughs> he's already you he can wear the same costume.
0: He, yeah, um, he's got the full little bell tummy, like little belly shirt. Obviously,
1: okay, we have Janine Garofalo as Allison. That's a gimme. Janine Garofalo, We have, perfect. Uh, uh, uh Mart, Marta, what's her name? please he plays Katie? Um, yeah, Marguerite, Marguerite, Marguerite Moreau. Yes, like I'm that. like Marcel Marceau. You know, uh, the mime, uh, uh, or, or Elizabeth Banks. I'm oh, like an Elizabeth Banks. Well, Elizabeth Banks, could also be a great Allison. Oh, um, I would love that as but well. Yeah, you know, you're right. You're right. Elizabeth Banks as as Claire. Who's our principal? David Hyde Pierce? Oh,
0: no, you know what it is? Still as the voice of a can of vegetables, H. John Benjamin. <laughs> a, a little can of vegetables rolling around trying to get people detention. Yes,
1: yes. H. John Benjamin. I love it. <laughs> yeah, because otherwise then that's where you give Michael Showalter his dual role again you know oh, sure. you know but i think that that's too big Wait, which,
0: a role oh i see i thought you meant him as the principal as his mag- his like stand up comedian no, character no, in the movie the or guy. as uh is, is he reagan in this series
1: i think he I is i think is he's too, reagan yes. so
0: he, michael showalter as ronald reagan as the principal Vernon. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, the point is there's so many options and so the, many and possibilities. I, I
0: think the point is we crushed,
1: you know, what else that makes me think of though, is just looking at the season two, you know, who would have been great in several of these parts is Josh Charles. He would have been a great Andy. Oh, I know. I, yeah. I've never brought up Josh Charles in the yeah. pod, I think, but I love Josh never Charles, bring them up. but he'd be great. He'd be great. Wow. Well, now that we've done that completely unnecessary one-to-one mm-hmm. casting, I mm-hmm. think we can call ourselves a, a success.
0: I think we can call ourselves a success, and we can call that a day.
1: Imajo. Hey, uh, Jerry? Uh, what are you recommending this week? I'm going to recommend a stand-up special I am obsessed with. And mm-hmm. it's not just one part. Oh, could it be four, four parts? And this is James A. Castor. Who's a British comedian you might be familiar with if you watch any British panel shows, but particularly season seven of Taskmaster. Um, if you just type in James A. Caster on Netflix, you'll find it. They're they're four different, they're like recognize, represent, like they all basically it is four different stand up hours that he did over the course of four or five years in Edinburgh, and then he filmed them all in one like week for Netflix, like at like years later, and they're so wacky he's such a singular comedic mind and he's so funny i am genuinely obsessed with each one of these they also all have a slightly different weird like meta theatrical device kind of thing of like uh, now he's like talking about like this in the second one he's like a member of a jury in the first one he's an undercover cop it's like he has some character
0: there are very fun uh, you could say unnecessary but yet yeah, they are like framing devices yes, framing devices for that's... these specials but they're so fu- he's so funny so he's such fun. a weird he's such a funny weirdo yeah
1: you want to watch them all in order because they do they do tend to build the fourth one in particular is like you'll, you'll hear people laughing at things that that have come from and been references from the previous specials he's also got other stuff available but that those are the ones that are free on netflix and they're they're really great so absolutely. that I'm recommending James Acaster. Love it. Jeff. Image What you recommended? Uh, I'm going to
0: recommend a book, technically two books from Hank Green, an absolutely remarkable thing. And its sequel, a beautifully foolish endeavor, uh, which I was very charmed by, which is a uh, kind of uh, like sci-fi comedy esque, like social media commentary, uh, but is about this possibly alien robot statue that just appears and uh, this group of friends in their early 20s that are trying to figure out what this is and accidentally wind up by documenting it become these like overnight internet celebrities and so it's a commentary on internet like celebrity culture while also being this like wild sci-fi story Uh, and it's very fun Hank Green is uh, brothers with John Green who wrote Fault in Our Stars and Hmm. Paper Town and stuff like that Uh, but This, uh, they're just, they're very fun. They're very wild. I I had no idea where they were gonna go, but I find them incredibly charming. So I'd recommend you check out An Absolutely Remarkable Thing and its follow-up A Beautifully Foolish Endeavor. And, of course, James A. caster <laughs> And that's what we're recommending this week.
1: Da, da da Do
0: you have a movie that you'd love for us to break down the casting of? Email us at andalmoststarring at gmail.com and let us know.
1: Follow us on Instagram at andalmoststarring and like us, please.
0: Until next time, I'm Jeff Ronan.
1: I'm Amy Jo Jackson. And
0: thanks for joining us to see who almost starred.